Jenna Valente here, host of the Sea Change podcast and a Friday happy hour regular here on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Welcome to a super duper extra special happy hour episode. And you may be wondering what makes this happy hour episode so extra special. Well, it is our Mother's Day edition, and I am so excited because my very own mother is joining me for this discussion. Mom, Kelly, thank you so much for so many different things, but in this particular instance, thank you for being here and for your willingness to share some of your insights and life experiences with me and the listeners. (laughs) You are welcome. (laughs) I'd like to start off also by noting that um, my mom and I have been told many times that we have very similar voices. So this uh, could be an interesting episode in terms of figuring out if that is true or not. Sometimes we actually will call my mom's mom, my Nana. Um, I will call her on my mom's phone and pretend like I'm her and see how long it takes her to notice. Um, so, so we'll see if you guys can tell us apart on this episode. But I also would like to start off by sharing a little bit with the listeners about your life story and our family backstory to set the scene before we circle around and tie it all together with more of an ocean and motherhood related theme. Um, so we spent many years traveling around as a family following dad's Coast Guard career, which we will get into in a minute. But when we finally decided to stay put, we actually ended up back in the same town that you, mom, and dad grew up in, which is just north of Portland, Maine. Um, was this intentional? And did you always know that you wanted to end up back here? <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought of a good joke. So uh, your father and I always knew that we would come back to Maine eventually after traveling and seeing different sites. But one of the biggest reasons that we moved back here were was uh, when you and Paul were in school, we wanted you to get a good education. And it felt like the best education was back here in New England. Uh, We knew the public schools here in Cumberland were excellent and in the surrounding towns. So that was one of our biggest factors and smaller classes, uh, better education. I think more one-on-one with teachers. That was a big deal for us to have you get a good education. And um, our, our family is also all back in Cumberland too. So I'm sure that also was a little bit of a pull. And I know that was a big perk for me when we ended up settling back in Cumberland that um, Paul and I were able to make those connections with our, you know, our grandparents and our cousins and, and, you know, everybody else that lives in Maine because there are a lot of us in Maine. (laughs) Right. That, that was important to us too, because we spent the early years for you and Paul um, traveling and seeing things uh, that on the West coast, Hawaii, those places that we wouldn't normally or necessarily have gotten to, um, and we wanted you to be able to see as much of the country as you could. So we wanted to do a little exploring, and it was easy while you were young, for me anyways, because you weren't in school, and we had a little bit of freedom. So when you got to be school age, it was also important for us to have you come uh, back to Maine so that you could be near family. 
And you were lucky enough to have, actually, when you first moved back to Maine, you still had great grandparents and your grandparents and um, a lots and lots, as you know, of uh, cousins and aunts and uncles. Yeah. And, and so Cumberland is also right on the ocean. And I'm interested to know if recreating or working on the water was ever a big part of your life. I know that it was a big part of dad's life, but I ask this because my experience with the coastline in our town is that it's not really that easy to access. And I know that they just put in a new public park or, or beach right on the Cumberland Forest side, but there are a lot of big homes and private properties blocking the majority of the shoreline. Um, so we always had to go to neighboring towns, Portland, or you know, out to the, the islands in Casco Bay, or, or know someone with a boat to get on out on the water. And has it always been that way? Or when you and dad were growing up, was it a little bit easier to enjoy the shoreline rate in Cumberland? Uh, actually, it's always been the same. Uh, we do have a town landing, but it's tidal. So it's tricky about getting boats in and out and that sort of thing. And the new beach that they have is um, pretty interesting, actually. It's just a little ways from the Cumberland Town Landing. Um, but there's a place to, they have kayaks and all sorts of um, things for people who want to come and use the water. Um, it's it's an excellent access to the ocean. I, I think it was a good idea for the town to acquire the property uh, and make it for public use. And it is um, surrounded by, you know, nice homes, and, and but it is there for the public to use and people are using it. And it's, um, I think, a nice addition to the town. Up until we acquired the beach, though, we only had the one entry into the ocean and that was through our town landing. And it's really kind of a sad town landing. It, it They should do more to that so that people can get in and out with their boats and, um, you know, make it a multi-use sort of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that they ended up putting that that new beach there and I look definitely look forward to um recreating there this summer because that's something that I always wish that we had growing up. And not that I had any shortage of being able to go out and enjoy the coastline, but that's something that always puzzled me a little bit about our town in particular. Um you know, it, it was not always that easy to get out and enjoy the shoreline. Um, so yeah. now I, I want to pivot there's, just slightly. Oh, so go ahead. I cut you off. I was just going to say, there's really not that much shoreline to Cumberland. Um, so you're kind of limited on how, how many accesses you can have. So, And so tell me a little bit more about when you and dad met and what drew you to him. And I know that maybe there's not an exact moment that you remember meeting him, or maybe there is because you guys met pretty young. Um, but I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. That's funny. Um, I used to like <laughs> to throw rocks at him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was the newcomer in town. I was kind of a bossy little kid and that doesn't surprise I like me. To rule things. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He was just uh, fun to tease, and 
he uh, was athletic and so was I. And we just were friends forever. And that's really all I know how to say about that. <laughs> and we've, we've known each other since we were in the sixth grade. So, yeah, <laughs> they go way back. And um, some backstory for the listeners, both my mom and dad were voted most athletic in their grade. Um, so really playing sports for me and my brother was just, I feel like that wasn't an option. Like I didn't know that there was any other option. Um, and Cumberland is a very athletic town. I feel like that's that's what everybody does there is, you know, you, you go to Cumberland, go to Greeley, you play sports. Um, so that's definitely part of the culture and the heritage of both our family, but also the, the town is um, it's a very active place. People are always out enjoying the trails um, and, you know, recreating and getting outside um, and connecting with nature, but then also competing. So it's a, it's a, it was a really fun place to grow up. Um, but then also after you graduated from high school, will you take me down that path a little bit. Where did you go from there? Um, I gr- I went to college at Green Mountain College in Poultney, Vermont. Um, I decided to become a medical assistant. It's an associate's degree. And back in the 80s, that was supposed to take place of becoming an LPN and working your way into being an RN. So I went there and did that. And then your father went into the Coast Guard. So we you know, went apart for a while. And then uh, after I graduated and I started working at Maine Medical Center in Portland, um, he was still in the, he had just joined the Coast Guard. He had decided that he was going to join the Coast Guard and he was in the Coast Guard for two years and then he proposed to me. So uh, we've been married ever since, since 1984. And traveling around basically with his career, but I've always worked, you know, in a basically with surgeons and um, different hospitals along the way with my career, which worked out well with traveling in the Coast Guard because pretty much a medical uh, background, you can find work anywhere. So, and I think that this is a great segue into diving a little bit deeper into your experience, both as a mother and as a military spouse, because I think that there are a lot of areas of crossover between the two in that they both require an unbelievable amount of selflessness, commitment, and sacrifice and oftentimes asking so much of you with minimal thanks and appreciation and acknowledgement for your hard work and dedication. They're really demanding roles that can place a lot of pressure and stress on you, but they can also be tremendously rewarding as well. And for those reasons, I first want to thank you. And I mean, I feel like I don't even... um, fully know how to express my gratitude because the right words don't exist really to express everything that you've done for our family. Um, it's more of like a, a deep loving feeling, um, but you really are the the best mother that I could ever imagine. And you bring a really valuable voice to the table because there are a lot of people out there that are either on a similar path 
or are um, making other huge sacrifices in the name of um, raising a healthy family. And so with that, for the moment, I will stop showering you with sentimental praise because you already know and are very well aware that I'm the big softie in the family, even though I think dad could give me a run for my money, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the point being that I am neither a mother nor a military spouse. So let's hear more about your experience. So when did the discussion happen between you and dad about his career and what that would require of you? Like, was there even a conversation or did it just happen? Well, uh, you know, I had my path that I was going to follow and your father had decided that he was going into the Coast Guard and it was a good move for him. He wasn't interested in going to college at the time. Um, so it wasn't really a discussion. It was, I'm doing this and you're doing that and I support that. And, and, and that's how we moved forward. And and we'll make it work. Yeah. yeah. Really, when you commit to someone in the military, you're not just committing to them. You're also committing yourself and your family to the military. And that's a big decision to make. Um, but this experience took you and us, meaning me and Paul and dad, and everybody on quite the adventure. So will you walk us through where you were stationed and what are some of your favorite things about those places? First of all, it was... It was hard to decide to leave my comfortable roots here in Maine uh, to be able to travel with your father in his career. Um, and I had to decide that I was going to either love it or I was going to hate it. And if I was going to love it, it was going to become an adventure. I wasn't going to be the mom who sat in the house and sulked and worried about her husband being gone all the time. I was going to go out and find out what my surroundings were like, what was in the area, what I could teach you, what I could show the kids, parks, beaches, whatever I could find, I was going to get my hands on it. We were going to have an adventure everywhere we went. So everywhere we went, I took you on adventures. I took you to Mount St. Helens. I took you you know, to Diamond Head, to all the Hawaiian islands. I took you up and down the West Coast to see the Redwoods and the Sequoias, the Pacific coastline. Here in Maine, you were on Mount Desert Island. We took you on ferry boats. We took you to the Orcas Islands. I We did Mount St. Helens. I don't know if I said that already. But instead of you did, but it's extra special, so we can give it two shout outs. <laughs> we also did um, we did an entire cross country road trip when we moved from Washington State to Maine, um, where we stopped in at all the national parks along the way. And that's actually one of the most cherished memories that I still have to this day. Um, it was a really amazing bonding experience, which I'm sure from a child's perspective, it was much more. Um, kind of sit back and enjoy versus, um, you know, you and dad had to plan the whole trip and drive the whole way. But um, I, I think that was a really special family moment. It was more fun for us to be able to drive and show you things and to put you on a plane and just fly straight from coast to coast every time we move. So um, it, Yellowstone, that that whole adventure, the Grand Tetons and all the national parks that that the, of 
taking the northern route from the west coast to the east coast was actually one of my favorite vacations too. It's very memorable. All the animals we saw from the first moment we entered Yellowstone till the to the last moment and um, was impressionable. And so you did this for about 20 years or so with the moving around every three years. Um, and most of those moves were completely across the country. What were some of the most challenging things about that lifestyle? Well, you, at some point you want to be settled and that uh, there was an end point. We knew there was a place where we were going to bring you home to Maine so that you could get your education in the northeast. Um, so I think the most challenging part was trying not to acquire a whole lot of stuff. You know, we have to move, so we have to keep things light. Yard sales every time we moved. Um, that as far as a family unit, those sorts of things, personal things like that, we had to kind of keep everything to a minimum so that we were able to be able to pick up a move whenever dad had a new set of orders. Um, difficult. Difficulty came in knowing that I had to start my, my own career over every time we moved. I knew I could do it. It's just at some point, it just, you don't want to do that anymore. You want to be settled. So other than that, keeping it an adventure, um, was my motto and it was fun and you kids were great. I, I had two very adventurous kids, so that helped. Um, <laughs> so I think that you definitely chose a great career path, even though it must be frustrating. I can totally understand having to start over every three years with finding a new job and a new career, especially I'm sure that there are certain places where you liked your office and your coworkers better than others. And then having to leave that I'm sure is frustrating, but being in the medical field, I think was a smart move. Um, and one that was worked out very well for you, um, to be able to find a, a new job wherever you went. Um, and so I, I know that this next question probably has infinite responses or maybe the response is just simply, everything. But how did things change when Paul and I entered the picture? Um, and for listeners, Paul is my older brother. He's awesome. Maybe I'll have him on the show sometime. But um, mom, how did things change? And what was it like being a new mom and a military spouse at the same time? Oh, well, um, I don't know. It, it just was just to me, it was just another thing you know, that was another step in my life. So I, I wanted children. So I had them and it wasn't really a big change. It was just, you know, I, I'm kind of a planner anyway. So learning how to manage my life and take care of you too. And my job and your dad's career just seemed like what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And this is also a good time for me to note that you're also working full-time because I did mention you were being a mom full-time and a military spouse, but then you're working full-time. So you had a very full plate. I did uh, become an ombudsman for the Coast Guard, and I did become the ombudsman of the year for the 14th district, 
which so um, can you explain what that is for people that are listening that might not be familiar with that? So I helped um, young families move to the Hawaiian Islands um, because I think everybody has a picture that it's all going to be fun and we're in a tropical place with beaches and that sort of thing. But the reality is it's one of the most expensive places to live. Um, you really need to have two people making an income when you're, you know, 20 somethings and one, one person is in the coast guard. So it's, it's an expensive place to live. It's a hard place to find a job if you don't already have one. Um, I can remember milk being somewhere around $6 a gallon and gasoline at the time was three dollars and sixty cents a gallon which was back in the 80s and nine early 90s and you know no one thinks about those things so I helped all the young families uh, that needed help uh, find help find ways to afford an apartment find a way to get connected to places where you could find job listings um medical help, uh, assistance programs. And I also helped counsel them, you know, that this isn't all fun and games when you're here, uh, when your partner has to leave for two or three months and you're left here by yourself, um, those sort of things to make them aware of the situation they were coming into, which was also not all doom and gloom. It was fun too, but they had to be aware of uh, financial things and necessities and things that they were going to need and might have a hardship with. And because I was a young person going through a lot of the same things, it felt like somebody should know how to move forward. And I decided to learn that and teach people that. It's really important. Yeah, that's really important work to do. And I, I also will mention for listeners, too, is that when we were in Hawaii, that was the only time, at least in my memory, that we lived on base. And it seems like there was um, quite the sense of community there because, you know, as as you mentioned, people, you know, people's spouses were going out to sea for two to three months at a time and there are young families. And I remember, you know, Paul and I would go run around in little like packs with all the other kids. And it sort of seemed like it was definitely a village raising everybody situation where, you know, everybody was keeping an eye on um, everyone and helping out where they could because they, everybody in that situation anyway, seemed to understand um, the complexities of, of raising a family in that kind of dynamic? Well, uh, the one thing about living on base is that all the families are going through the same thing. So there's quite a support system. Um, usually your neighbors uh, or or the base itself, they, there was always a place where you could get information and get help and people to facilitate that. And uh, you didn't always need help. You you just needed to be able to connect with other people. So maybe it's having a, a courtyard cookout or, um, you know, driving all the kids in your court to a soccer game or doing that sort of thing. Um, so there's quite a quite a bit of community going on at the military bases. So um, it's it's actually uh, when you have to be away from your family, 
your your family, like say me being away from Maine, when you get to some place where everybody has the same thing in common, you find out there's quite a community where you support each other. Mm-hmm. And and because there might be people listening that are in those same shoes that you were in nearly 30 years ago, um, what advice do you have for anyone that's raising children in a military family? Well, just treat it like I did it. Treat it as an adventure. There's something everywhere you go is uh, every time you're transferred, it's a new place and, and there are new things to see, new th- things to learn. Um, don't stay, you know, in your house and not do anything. Go out and and take your kids and enjoy what's around you. And I know that you've touched on this a little bit with how much you and dad prioritized getting Paul and I outside. And especially you, if dad was out, um, you know, out at sea, you would go explore whatever region of the country you're in and Paul and I would be with you. Um, why do you think that you prioritized getting us outside and having those experiences uh, with the outdoors and nature as much as possible? Like, why was that important to you? Basically, it's what I knew. I had to be outside playing when I was a kid and it was fun. And I wanted you to be outside playing and exploring. So um, there's time to be indoors and playing with your electronics and whatever, your computer, your Game Boys back then and Mario Brothers or whatever. That, That didn't seem very healthy to me. It just seemed like you should be out on the beach snorkeling. You should be learning to scuba dive or running a race or uh, climbing a mountain. Those sort of things, you know, are are memories that you can keep as a family. And I think it worked out well. I think you guys ended up liking to explore as much as we hoped you would. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, whenever I talk about the career path that I've chosen, I cite those really early memories as a big motivator and inspiration for now working to protect those areas so that other people can continue to enjoy them and that I can continue to enjoy them because yes, I also value all of those those outdoor experiences and try to be outside as much as possible still. And whenever I find myself in a new area, I'm always trying to hike around and check out all of the local sites. So you you certainly instilled that in me. Um, so now I'm wondering, how would you describe your experience with motherhood and being a parent? Um, you can talk about if you want some of the most challenging or rewarding things. And I also will note here that you raised me to have thick skin so you can be as candid as you'd like about what it was like raising me and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's see. <laughs> Motherhood itself is a rewarding, Jenna. Watching the two of you grow and becoming the people that you are is my reward. And you and Paul are both amazing. My biggest thing in life was that you get your education And I think you know that because education, 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 every time you walk through the door as you are older, um, I made sure that you were pointed in the right direction and both of you have your master's degree. I couldn't be prouder Um, unless you want to get a doctorate. Do you want to do that? (laughs) I've thought about it. Um, Let me get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm very proud of you and Paul, and I couldn't have asked for two better kids. Oh, thank you, Mom. I appreciate that. And I, I only added that little caveat because I know that there was a period of time there in my late teens and early 20s where uh, my hormones were raging a little bit, and I was kind of a hot-headed, stubborn monster. So I bless you and your ironclad patience for sticking with me through those difficult times to get us to where we are now. <laughs> Um, well there's always that little thought in the back of the mom's mind and it says you wait till you have your own children um so I also I've learned so much from you over the years from the value of family and hard work to as you just noted education and um the artful way that you can be tough and not take shit from anyone, especially me, from me. Um, and But also be the kindest, most generous and loving person that I know. And that's a real skill and I admire you so much for it. Um, and can you share something that you learned from your mother? Um, giving a shout out to my Nana right now, who is a wonderful human being. Um, but what is something that you learned from your mom? Well, I think uh, that she has a particular brand of toughness. She is probably the one who is, um, she feels like she's kind, but don't mess around with her either. (laughs) So that's a generational thing. (laughs) I think so. I think my grandmother was the same way. (laughs) Um, yeah, she's uh, she's pretty amazing. She she uh, sort of is like the centerpiece of our family and holds holds a lot together, I think. And um, but yes. So, well, mom, in terms of life, I truly won the genetic lottery with being your daughter. I really wholeheartedly feel that way. And I just love you so much. And thank you for being the greatest role model for me and Paul and for serving our country alongside dad. And before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you have any final parting words or is there anything else that you would like listeners to know? (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) We said it all. It's fine. I think it's enough about me already. (laughs) It's never enough about you. This is a Mother's Day episode. It's all about you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think they probably have heard enough. Okay. Well, on that, I also would like to thank the listeners, especially all of the mothers and military families out there. I see you and I appreciate all of your hard work and dedication. I hope that you all have a lovely Mother's Day and... Use this as a reminder to anyone listening that Mother's Day is Sunday, so be sure to call your mom or your maternal figures and tell them that you love them. If you like this show and want to hear more, subscribe to the American Shoreline Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Rates, reviews, those are all always appreciated, and you can find us on Facebook at the American Shoreline Podcast Network and on Twitter at Coastal News 365. So find us online and let's chat about our beautiful coastlines. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Mm-hmm.